0: The Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week Michael Neveradegis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next here on the Alagos Radio. Over the past month, Greek finance minister Yanis Varoufakis has become an international media darling for his supposedly tough stance toward the European Union and the German government, his purportedly radical rhetoric, and his often flamboyant attitude. In the past few weeks, interviews with Varoufakis and features about him have appeared in seemingly every media outlet imaginable except ours. He has written a New York Times op-ed, Bernie Sanders has written an article in Truthout giving his blessings to the new and supposedly radical Greek government, a V for Varoufakis' Meme is making the rounds on the internet. Well, CNBC has described Varoufakis and Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras as rebel leaders. If one cuts through all of this over the top hype and nonsense, however, what is the new government actually proposing? The answer to this question is that the new cities that led coalition government in Greece is proposing essentially more of the same. And by more of the same, what I mean is that they have officially proposed to maintain 70% of the existing memorandum agreements and austerity measures. Varoufakis has proposed to maintain a primary budget service Plus, for an economy that has shrunk by 25% over the past six years. He has ruled out a renegotiation of Greece's debt, and he has also ruled out the formation of a committee that would audit Greece's national debt. And when Varoufakis' proposal for continuation of 70% of the existing austerity agreements didn't fly, he followed that up with his new proposal, this time to extend the existing agreements with the Troika in full for another six months. This means a continuation of all the existing austerity measures, no new measures that would lead to increased. Increased government expenditures, which means that many of cities' promises to rehire fired public sector employees or to increase the minimum wage are thrown immediately out the window. And of course, it means the maintenance of a strict primary budget surplus, which will not enable the government to enforce its own supposedly Keynesian agenda to increase spending in order to promote economic growth. Supposedly, Varoufakis' proposal will allow Greece to buy time, in this case six months, in order for the country to stand at its own feet again and for the economy to stabilize. But how exactly is the Greek economy expected to stabilize when what is being proposed is the continuation of the same policies which have led to a GDP reduction of 25% in 6 years and unemployment which has neared 28%? Six months from now, Greece will have two more bond issues to repay, which in total will surpass 6 billion euros. What will Varoufakis be telling us then? Will he use this new debt deadline to once again say that austerity measures need to be extended, that Greece needs to buy even more time? And yet, this is the same economist and finance minister who is a media darling, who I keep hearing ordinary people describing as a bright man, as a hero, as someone who is standing up to the bullies of the European Union. And yet, in all of his public statements, he keeps talking about saving Europe and the European people, but never about saving Greece and the Greek people, which he was elected to represent. And you can't dare criticize him either. That immediately makes you a traitor, someone who is not patriotic, someone who apparently wishes for Greece to fail, and who is taking the side of the Germans. And when I state that you can't dare criticize Vitoufakis or Cidiza anymore, I mean it. Recently, I proposed submitting various articles, commentaries, and reports to outlets ranging from The Guardian to Democracy Now!, who have constantly featured stories about Cidiza in recent weeks. They have not responded. Meanwhile, after being invited to participate in an NPR radio panel that would discuss Cidiza and the ongoing political developments in Greece, I was then uninvited from the same panel and not given the opportunity to participate. Back at home in Greece, we've heard the oh so Left the Syriza government announced in the past couple of weeks a payment of the regressive unified property tax, which was introduced by the previous government and which until recently Syriza described as unconstitutional is now a quote patriotic duty. And meanwhile, Syriza's much promised increase of the minimum wage has been pushed back to at least two thousand sixteen. Syriza's most egregious move, however, has been its nominee for the presidency of the Hellenic Republic, Prokopis Pavlopoulos, who was almost immediately elected by the parliament with two hundred and fifty. 33 votes in favor. Pavlopoulos is a member of the conservative New Democracy Party, was interior minister for the New Democracy government between 2004 and 2009, and he was at the helm at a time when his government was rocked by a number of major scandals, including the destructive 2007 forest fires in much of Greece, and the police murder of an unarmed teenager in Athens in December 2008, leading to violent riots. Pavlopoulos is renowned for his corruption and patronage, and is said to have hired well over 100,000 and New Democracy supporters to various posts in the Greek public sector without going through the legally prescribed hiring and examination process. Pavlopoulos claims that his nomination was a surprise, but the facts state otherwise. In a surprise move, he did not declare candidacy with New Democracy for the January 25th parliamentary elections, and his own son on his personal Facebook account essentially stated that his father would be nominated several days before the official announcement was made by Syriza. Alexis Tsipras another other Syriza member, since supporters have gone to creative lengths to excuse this nomination, stating the need for someone with a democratic background and broad political acceptance. These criteria, however, if they are even applicable to Pavlopoulos, are also certainly much more applicable to many other figures, including individuals who are not in politics and individuals who are on the left. The president is the one who will sign off on new laws and presidential decrees, and he is the political figure who will still be there even if the supposedly leftist government of Syriza collapses. His nomination by Syriza signals the continuation of the old political system and of patronage. Moreover, it is absolutely unnecessary. Siriza was able to elect the president with a simple parliamentary majority in the second round of presidential voting, and with a simple majority of those members of parliament who would be present for the third round of voting. There was no need to compromise or to reach across the aisle. Once again, we must beg the question, are there no other suitable candidates such as scholars and professors, figures from the arts and culture, or even fresh political faces from the left? Or is it perhaps that Syriza did not want someone who might question the austerity deals that it will end up agreeing to with Germany and the European Union and which the president will be called upon to approve. We keep hearing that politics is a game of compromise that Syriza needs to compromise both internally and externally in order to someday, down the line, achieve its supposed agenda. But my question is, when does the right ever compromise? Why is it that conservative right-wing governments never feel the need to nominate a left-wing politician to a prominent post? Most members of the conservative need to Democracy Party voted for Pavlopoulos, although perhaps ironically Kyriakos Mitsotakis, the former government minister of New Democracy who wanted to proceed forward with more layoffs, was not present during the vote and stated that he will not support Pavlopoulos' candidacy. On the other hand, the supposedly far left Syriza members of parliament, including Panayotis Lafazanis and Kostas Lapavitsas, stated that they will vote for Pavlopoulos and then went ahead and did so. There are times where I hate to be proven correct, but these are all things that I have been warning about for months here on the Alus Radio and in various articles that I have written. I've been warning that Siriza will backtrack on its supposedly radical positions, that it will cave to pressure, that it will continue austerity, that it will continue the same political realities of the past, that it will nominate a conservative for the presidency. And that's made me the bad guy on more than one occasion. It's also, however, proven me correct. Instead, what we keep hearing from pro-government apologists is that we should give Siriza more time, that Siriza has only been in power for less than a month, that not supporting Siriza means that you support the previous government and austerity and the Germans and the Troika, we keep hearing that public opinion polls in Greece show remarkably high support for Syriza and its stance so far since the elections. Why should we believe these polls, however? These are the same polling firms that were so wildly off the mark with their pre-election projections earlier this year, before the European parliamentary elections in 2014, and before the previous parliamentary elections in 2012, and which are renowned for their political motivations and biases. We keep hearing also that Syriza is governing with a wide mandate, Excuse me, but which mandate are we talking about? Syriza was elected with 36% of the vote among those who voted. 3.5 million registered voters did not vote, over a million more people than those who voted for Syriza. If there was a message sent by the Greek electorate, it was one of indifference toward the existing political establishment, which Syriza is very much a part of. Instead of people questioning Syriza's very apparent shift toward the right and its abandonment of its pre-election promises and its more radical positions of years past, we see rallies throughout Greece in major cities around the world, supposedly to demonstrate solidarity towards Greece, but also showing solidarity and support for Syriza as well against the blackmail of the Germans and the European Union. One has to wonder though, where were similar rallies and gatherings to stand up to Europe's blackmail, as well as the prior government's policies in the three previous years? Who is suddenly organizing these rallies everywhere? Will there be protests against Syriza's choice for the presidency, or will that be swallowed with quiet acceptance by Syriza's supposedly radical supporters who claim that they wanted a break with the old system. Exactly how much time does a government which has already broken many of its campaign promises in record time need to be given? What else should the Greek people be asked to accept? And why should Syriza receive support when they are proving to be not any different than the previous political establishment and are indeed incorporating that establishment into their government today? The only good aspect of this whole situation is that aside from Syriza, the European Union and Germany as well as the United States government have shown their true colors. U.S. Treasury Secretary Jack Lew warned Varoufakis of the, quote, immediate hardship that will follow if Greece does not reach an agreement with the European Union. The German government's rejection of even a 70% continuation of austerity and a somewhat smaller budget surplus, and instead their demands for a full continuation of all previously agreed-upon austerity measures, has revealed what their intentions are and indeed their humanity or lack thereof. They want it all, and with Syriza's soft negotiation, the German government knows it can get everything it wants. by Varoufagi suddenly proposing a six-month continuation of the existing agreements. Yet this seems to be acceptable to Syriza supporters and to the clueless global left. The reality, however, is this. Syriza is the same and its supporters are the same as their predecessors. Solidarity with Syriza means solidarity with austerity. They are a bunch of frauds and imposters, leftist in name only, and they have nothing to do with anything resembling radical or leftist.